Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series, where we add value to people's lives, happening every Thursday at 12 on ebuzzradio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels and in the marketing and leadership segment. Joining me as per usual, marketing and communications expert and co-host, Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? Hello, Kevin. Yeah, great. Thank you. Can you hear me? Again, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, thanks. Good. Yeah, good, good to connect after last week's stimulating conversation. Yeah, we. Uh, I was uh, just before we climbed on air. I was like, I wasn't following the script really. <laughs> I was just <laughs> rattling off on my own. But it was a really good conversation, and we and we had some amazing com- uh, points that came out of that. Um, uh, with that, don't you want to give us a quick summary to the listeners that that sort of missed out on last week's conversation? Uh, really, really good points. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I I must admit, I did enjoy the conversation. I'd like to reference one of the articles we reviewed last week, and it was the article published by Angela uh, Akaburis, which was titled 10 Leadership Essentials for 2022. And we learned the following. First, first, the essential we learned was about sharpening your future leadership skills and, and obviously understanding, you know, what what needs to be done in, in bringing the right kind of leader and the right number of leaders into organizations. The second point was about harnessing emotional intelligence, something that is still lacking in many, many businesses. The third is is becoming that feedback expert. Um, and this is very much along the lines where you've discussed before about the mentoring and, and coaching mindset. The fourth point is about growing tomorrow's leaders today and really getting to understand what the objectives and challenges are for the future and ensuring that, that they've been uh, nurtured and mentored right now. The fifth is to invest in capabilities, uh, yeah, constant learning, evolution, business is changing, technology is brought in a whole new realm on, on, on how businesses operate. The, the sixth point is nurture employee well-being, something that is, is really risen up the ranks of importance in businesses coming out the back of COVID and the challenges that, that we've all faced. Seven, row like a crew. It's all about teamwork. Eighth point is generate an inclusive workplace, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and as we, we often add in the, the, the sense of belonging, um, embed the practices is, is lesson number nine. And number 10 is just remember those lessons. And the more you embed the practice, the more you can understand the lessons and it's an iterative process. So in closing on, on, on those leadership essentials, Kevin, it's also worth noting the article um, could be read in conjunction with the other interesting article that we that you actually presented a, a few weeks ago titled Five Leadership Strategies for Thriving in 2022. Um, this article was published by Mike yesterday, and, and there's some great parallels between the two articles, and some of those concepts are really enhanced uh, um, and, and use, can be used to become an effective leader. And those are the key takeaways from last week, Kevin. Fantastic. Thanks, Craig. Um, so uh, I know that we have an interesting uh, subject coming up today. So what are we going to be chatting about today? Okay, Kevin, yeah, I, I came across a really interesting report that I'd like to discuss today, especially as we haven't really touched on the segment of, of business um, that has that necessarily been focused on previously. And, and this report is produced by the Hinge Research Institute, some, some great publications coming out of Hinge Research Institute, and it's titled the High Growth Study 2022. So just to set some context for our listeners, Kevin, and, and referencing their 
websites. The Hinge Research Institute is a division of Hinge, who is a leader in branding and marketing for professional services industry. And, and as I say, we haven't really touched on the professional services industry much in our conversations. And um, Hinge is, is based in Reston, Virginia, USA. Um, and the institute is dedicated to achieving one goal, and that is to understand what drives exceptional professional services growth. Unfortunately, they published their findings to help uh, uh, business leaders learn how to thrive in any market. Ah, I, I'm glad that we, we're actually going to cover this because I think exceptional professional services, uh, the way that, 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 you know, that conversation itself is, um, uh, I think that's a game changer in, you know, part of, especially in big corporates today, you know, you look at people selling the same types of, of product um, and, you know, they, they, they trying to out, out, out price each other. They are trying to be the forerunner. They're trying to, you know, come up with the best product. But at the end of the day, when there's exceptional professional services, that's sort of embedded and ingrained in the culture. Uh, it's very difficult to beat a brand that does that. Fantastic. I, and I just love that, that you bring that, that point of view into it because I'm actually going to you know, challenge you on some of the, the insights you can share on, on, on the learning you've had with, with these kinds of companies and your teachings. But, but what drew me to the report, Kevin, is, or, and, and you know, it, it's, it's termed an, an executive summary, is, is the study looks not only at what is working today, but also how the fastest and most profitable firms are addressing four key topics, namely technology, talent, strategy, and interestingly, and really great to see, marketing. Um, and, mm. and we know from the report that the fastest growing professional firms have definitely achieved consistent growth and prosperity over a continuum period. So, yeah, when, when looking at the leadership articles we've covered recently, there's really great alignment with the principles covered in those articles, and, and especially in terms of the technology, talent, and strategy components. So, yeah, really excited to, to unpack that in further detail. So, so can you provide us with some insight into what the report has, was conducted um, or how this report was conducted and, and what the structured uh, to the address? Yeah, yeah, Kevin, absolutely. And as with any study of some significance, there, there has to be an approach and methodology and obviously a specific target audience for the study. So, so the study covered the, the following. It looked at industry composition. You know, from accounting and financial services, government contracting, technology, consulting services, um, architecture, engineering, construction. Great to see that in there. And law and, and uh, uh, legal services firms. And nice to see a, a broad spectrum of, of audience as well. So about 31% um, of 32% of, of the companies uh, reviewed uh, were micro firms that had less than $1 million turnover per annum. 22.4% had between one and $4.9 million uh, turnover per annum. Um, the mid-sized firms, 28.5% of so those, 5, 5 million to 49.9 million, and 17.2% uh, of large firms, 50 million turnover and, and above. So a really nice uh, uh, stretch. And, and over 1,150 firms participated in, in the research study with a combined revenue of, of 216 billion and interestingly, almost 1.9 million employees across those, those respective firms, Kevin. Um, 
again, what's what's great to see here is Africa is represented in, in, in the study. I'm really, really pleased to see that they've done a broad spectrum across regions. Um, 60 yeah. point, just over 60% focus on the USA. Obviously, yeah, we would expect something along those nature. Uh, nature. Uh, Africa, 12.3% of, of the audience in that particular area. And a beautiful spread from president CEO to business development managing directors to technical professionals, which is important to owner partners, really important to understand their points of view, marketing managers and directors and, and then senior executives and, and vice presidents. So a really great spread across the, the um, marketplace. In, mm. in getting to these kinds of insights. And then, you know, the, the other great thing that, that comes out of this, Kevin, is some of the insights that that came out of setting this, this framework here is, is that the high growth firms are defined as having a compound annual growth rate of 20% or greater over a three-year assessment period. And, and interestingly, about one in three firms in the sample actually earned that distinction. So really encouraging to see that 20% uh, you know, compounded growth over a three-year period means that there's a lot of companies getting it right out there. Um, mm. and, and what really stood out here is that the high growth rate firms actually grew over three and a half times faster than the average growth peers. And that in itself is, is, is actually quite an important point to, to note as well. The, the growth, 31.4% um, in, in high growth for microfilms, 24.7% in growth for small firms, 26% growth for mid-sized firms, and 17.9% growth uh, um, for, for the large firms, 50 million upwards. So really, Again, the takeout here is any size company actually has the potential to be a high growth firm. It's not just the expectation of those larger firms with the 5, 10, 20, 40, 90 million uh, turnover per year. It's, it's really an enablement of any firm focusing on those four key principles consistently over a three year period, actually you know, being able to participate in this particular particular space. Craig, um, what period was this done over? Uh, was this done over in the last couple of years? Did yeah, COVID yes. sort of affect the numbers? So that's, yeah, Kevin, that's actually a really good point. So, so this is the seventh consecutive uh, um, yeah. report. Um, and, and it's looked at three years, which would then be mid, now currently 2022, back 2021, 20, and, and oh, wow. commencing okay. in, in 2019. So, you know, I think it, it tells a really good story then because it would have covered a lot of the angst and findings uh, coming out of, of COVID and some of the challenges. And that's why within those four principles, I think, you know, the understanding of the importance of marketing talent uh, um, you know, really come, come to the fore because of the informed decision making coming through the likes of, of, of COVID, etc. So, Craig, so for example, leadership by design, my business, um, um, would that be considered or represented in this report? Kevin, from an industry sector and company size point of view, most definitely. You know, as, as to where you'd fit in relative to performance against your competitors, I, I, I haven't seen a, 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 a micro detail breakdown relative to 
the subset in, in consulting because HR wasn't mentioned as a, as a separate entity. It's clustered in the consultant space. But yeah. remember, you, you provide an important service to, to a number of companies, teams, and individuals through your leadership and development coaching. And as such, your business would actually fall clearly into that consulting space. Um, yeah. And, you know, when, when one talks about talent and, and leadership, I think you'd actually have an important role for the respective companies across those, those various classifications. But, but looking at the industry comparison section in the report, we note that technology and software remained the growth leaders in professional services firms uh, again this year, expected. Absolutely expected. COVID fast-tracked all tech developments and those companies that were playing in, in, in that particular space, um, you know, technology and software is, is the absolute enabler of good business moving forward. Um, these companies were followed by consulting, the, the entity that, that your business would fall into, then accounting and financial services firms, then law firms and legal services, interestingly, government contracting, and lastly, the, the architecture, engineering, and uh, construction firms. Um, and you know, if you look at the technology and, and software grew by 13.5% over that, that, at least, yes, the, the, the median growth rate was 13.5% over that period for, for software tech and consulting 11.89. So good to see double-figure growth for, for the majority of the firms in those classifications, Kevin. Craig, I mean, like, you know, just with regards to be, being in the consulting sector, I think, uh, you know, my business in itself has grown quite a lot, um, specifically because we've moved from uh, in-person environment to remote, right? Um, for me, there's there's been quite a, quite a large growth in my business and also from nationally to internationally, which is really, which is, uh, you know, which sort of, I can, I can see how that would fit in here. And what I, what's, what's interesting that, though, um, is that there's such a wide variety of, of, of the, you know, the industry sectors, you know, from technology all the way to architecture, engineering, even law and legal services, right? Um, that's not something that usually comes up when we when we talk about these kind of stuff. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Is there anything? Is there anything you can um, you have noted with the professional services firms you uh, you you provide services to? Yeah, Kevin, I I think that. As an independent as well, playing into into the particular space and working with with the um, professional services firms that that we engage with, I think the the one key thing that really, in fact, the two key things that that, that stand out is is the marketing, a big focus in marketing and 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 the introspection that's coming about from a lot of these professional services firms and understanding the challenges that they've been through COVID has forced them to reconsider who they are, what they do, how they do it, and spend a lot of time and effort now repositioning their businesses and, and, and marketing themselves. So, yeah, great, great to, to see that. Um, I think they still grapple with the people aspect of, of hybrid and, and really the challenges of trying to understand the right talent mix in that regard. Um, but most definitely every single one of them understand the importance of technology in, in their makeup moving forward. But yeah, most definitely the the importance of understanding marketing and and sales automation so so craig what are the key advantages that these high growth professional services firms have over others 
Kevin, there's, there's a number of advantages, and that would work across the, the, the pillars that we spoke about of technology, of talent, of, of marketing, and obviously of strategy. But I, I think, you know, suffice to say, just a couple of points on, on each one is, is that the, the high growth firms have, have much more mature automation strategies across their business processes. And that, that obviously allows for a much more seamless integrated proposition, which hopefully in turn translates into a good seamless customer experience journey as well. Um, the, that level of, of automation maturity is, is definitely reflected in the use in the marketing and, and business development technologies. Uh, a, a lot of um, sales automation coming to the bear in, in that regard. Um, and they got the biggest advantage in, in core business software because that's at the heart of, of supporting everything in their service delivery. And the workflow process automation is actually the number one topic that most of the firms want to learn about this year. Um, and, and that's really great to see because they're understanding the importance that technology will play in, in, in moving them, you know, moving the dial with them. But, but the excellence in marketing and sales support really is a key advantage that they have over the general businesses out there. The, the firm's also more frequent users of, of uh, business development tracking technologies and really just ensuring that the pipeline is, is always ready and filled and, and activity is at the highest level there. And the, the, the more detailed tracking of, of, of marketing is enabling them to understand where they need to be focusing, which obviously helps them drive more profitable engagement with their, their respective clients. Um, Moving on to, to the likes of um, talent, I think this is really an important place where, where you'd be able to add some, some good content here as well, because the, the high growth firms have much more highly skilled talent than their, their no growth competitors. And that's for a number of reasons. One is obviously high growth, so they've got the budgets and, and, and enablement to attract that talent and, and actually have the investment opportunity to put a lot more of, of the learning programs in place. And they're also able to look outside of their organizations and bring great consultants and freelancers into the business to plug the areas where they may have gaps in, in their mix, Kevin. Yeah, Craig, you know, I think um, hiring skilled talent is so important. Uh, I, I think we, we, we've chatted about this before, um, you know, we, and I think also uh, it lends itself to that whole value component and that whole culture component, right? That if, you, if you're not hiring the right people for the job, uh, you're definitely going to see it in the bottom line. You're definitely going to see it, you know, show up um, where you don't want it to show up. And, and they, they clearly understand the importance of the marketing and business development. So they're putting a lot of effort and investment into those particular areas. Um, yeah. And which, which then just leads me onto, onto the, the pure play marketing conversation here where, yeah, marketing investment is, is similar across, across the high growth and no growth firms, but the high growth firms are outperforming their peers because they understand how to use those technologies and deploy them in an effective and efficient way. Um, a piece that we talk about often here is, is content. And this, this is something that with the companies we currently work in, particularly in the B2B space, content creation is a top marketing priority for businesses and even more so for high growth firms in, in 2021. And one of the key differences here, Kevin, is, is that the high growth firms are, are using those marketing techniques more intensively and they, they're really looking hard at what it is that's actually driving growth in their environments and 
yeah, the, the, the 10 most impactful high growth marketing techniques that they're deploying, 7.3% of, of these are providing assessment and or consultations. The, the second point really key here is they're really leveraging uh, keyword research and, and search engine optimization. They're spending a, a good deal of time in, in live product and service demonstrations. They're conducting and publishing a lot of original research. Um, they public public relations machine is, is very active in their respective areas and obviously with a key focus on earned media. They're nurturing prospects through not just the the online environment, but but you know the, the telephony, traditional telephony route, and the call center approach that we spoke about two weeks ago. Um, they're speaking to targeted audiences at conferences and events, and 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 this is really something that can't be overemphasized: is getting to understand who your audience is, and and targeting the communications specifically to that audience in in that particular time and mode uh, marketing partnerships with other organizations is always an opportunity for the for the co-branding dual branding collective support of spend uh, approach and and presenting in educational webinars and lastly still at that 6.5 percent um, networking on social media so really it's, it's make sure you consider where your clients search for the answers to business issues when addressing these respective areas for driving high, high, highly relevant content, Kevin. What's interesting, Craig, is that you know this uh, this marketing segment goes hand in hand with uh, with servicing and professionalism and and I mean it's one of the conversations we've had with the big brands that do have the budgets how they've turned up the marketing even through the COVID period. You know they've they've actually added to their marketing spend um, and haven't shied away from that. Uh, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's quite, I think it's quite interesting that those two uh, marketing area and, and the professional sort of element to this conversation are both, you know, hand in hand working together. And, and I think, you know, a, a word of encouragement for, for the business, again, irrespective of the size that, that want to play in, in that high growth space is just understand the three high impact marketing techniques are the keyword search, search engine optimization proposition, conducting and publishing original and relevant content, and highly effective, well-managed, relevant networking on social media. Uh, the, the, the professional services firms generally used to struggle with SEO, but, but the high growth firms are overcoming that because, as I mentioned earlier, the investment proposition there, and, and through that, they've been able to achieve these, these higher levels of, of SEO uh, maturity relative to their competitors. And what is interesting, obviously, the high investment really working the, the SEO capability, you're going to see a much bigger funnel of lead generation coming through through that particular approach. And obviously that leads to much more higher profitable uh, uh, clients uh, walking through the door, Kevin. Craig, but just on that point about, you know, back to the marketing with, with for example, with, with Gary V. You know, Gary V. <laughs> he's he outrightly just says like, if if you're a 45 year old uh, real estate agent, and you're don't you don't have a TikTok account, you're probably at the bottom of the market right now because the person who does have a TikTok account and you're a real estate agent, you're probably kicking ass, right? And and it's and it's a case of really shifting like how we what we're doing and how we do business, right? Because I think we have to pay attention. I mean, I don't know if you've re seen recently with, with 
Instagram, they've they've changed their their approach and they directly want to obviously be in competition to TikTok. So they've changed their their key component to sharing conversation or sharing information to their reels, right? They have their reels in, yes. in competition to TikTok, um, which is interesting. It's like they they it's like they're making a marketing move. What's interesting in, in yeah the, the there's I think the jury's still out on on that from an Instagram point of view. Um, I I actually read an article yesterday on that very particular approach, and there, there's a feel that Instagram haven't yet got it right. So let's let's see if if they're going to step away from it and just let it be, or if they're actually going to step more into it and become more of a TikTok than actually an Instagram, because it's quite a different approach to, to what the original proposition of, of, of the platform was. But again, yeah. the, the, the critical thing here is, is just understanding um, how to create that content, which are the best channels to get it out in, and, and just have somebody manage it and, and make sure that it's constantly relevant and refreshed. And and that takes time and effort, you know, whether you outsource <laughs> yes. that to a great digital content creation and community management agency or whether you try and set up teams internally. It just it's it's a dedicated role that needs to be worked every single day, Kevin. Absolutely, the last absolutely. the last point there is 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 strategy, which um, you know, I think a bit of an obvious statement, but but it's worth mentioning again is that that high growth firms are less challenged by many of the factors in the strategic level that that the no growth or low growth firms are, are experiencing and and growth is primarily organic even though the high growth firms uh, were more likely to have gone through a merger acquisition a particular year um, the large firms focused on their strategy and and they really focused on understanding what some of those future challenges, what are the challenges for the next three years, Kevin? And when you build the business and understand how to look forward, and it talks much into that point around, you know, build your future leaders, train your future leaders, understand where their business is going, understand what the anticipated business challenges are for the next three to five years. So it's about unpredictability in the marketplace. It's about increased competition from larger competitors. It's about downward pricing pressure on services. It's about automation and, and financial, at, at least artificial intelligence. And it's about a decrease in demand for your services and ensuring that you're always repurposing and, and staying relevant. And high growth firms look into the future to better understand the evolving needs of their clients and ensure that they stay visible in the places that clients are searching for the solutions to their businesses and challenges. And obviously, going back to the technology aspect, SEO enables that and helps them rise up up, up the search ranking. But but the critical thing here is it's not just a crystal ball. It's really understanding how to approach each of those points that are to be considered as, as prospective business challenges moving into the future. Yeah, no, Craig, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, um, with especially with 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 being able to stay agile and, you know, providing um, that repurposing that you speak of, um, you know, it's it's you, you have to be strategic enough to to think on that, and how do you as the brand stay adaptable and changing and 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 you know from a micro enterprise, uh, it's it's about collaboration. Who can you collaborate with, and you know how do you leverage services from each other to kind of move forward and 
Um, so yeah, I, I I absolutely love this. And so, Craig, on the takeaways for us today, um, as we close the show, what can you share with the listeners as the the key takeaways of of today's conversation? Kevin, it's 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 absolutely essential for professional services firms to focus on the four standout points that that we mentioned or that were noted in in the reports. Yeah, you know, if if they have any intention not just to remain in business, but, but actually sustain the high growth status that they need to excel in these challenging times. And, and the points again were noted as follows. Workflow and process automation is a key area of focus. Strategy, value pricing, and digital transformation continue to gain importance. Marketing budgets need to increase. And then again, we've spoken about this a lot, not decrease, especially as, as global growth is constantly uh, 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 waning and it's expected to slow even further. Um, so competition increases across all sectors and and it's really important for the businesses to ensure that they don't dial down the marketing spend and actually lose lose relevance and significance. And lastly, in that particular point, customer experience remains the critical enabler of success for high growth firms. But in closing, just to, to really look at the five specific areas referenced in the report that signal where brands are achieving success. These are noted as number one, the talent, the battle for talent is taking center stage. So whilst the high growth firms do have a small advantage in, in existing skill sets, they have found a way to expand access to top talent through, as I mentioned earlier, outsourcing, and this will definitely give them an edge when it comes to talent. The second point here is technology is definitely driving growth and profitability. The high growth firms have higher levels of, of technology maturity enablement and, and they make greater use of marketing and multiple technologies to optimize their performance. The third point is marketing really matters. High growth firms execute their marketing strategies more effectively, which results in greater impact from the same techniques. And they also have an edge when it comes to digital strategies, uh, such as the SEO and performance tracking. The fourth point is a different strategic approach focus as i mentioned you know look look at what's what's driving the future of business they focus on the future new ways of adding value and improving efficiency compared to other firms who are more worried about their competitors and 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 dealing with eroding margins and then finally there is a new normal high growth firms accept that uncertainty and rapid change are the new normal and they actually know how to leverage and adapt and be adaptable in in finding opportunities for innovation and and uh, profitable growth and those are the key takeaways from this uh, incredible report, Kevin. Fantastic, Greg. I love that. I love that. You know, and and it it gives us some 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 insight that even through the pandemic, even through the 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 trials and tribulations that so many businesses have gone through, they you know they. It, it, it has forced a, a bit of a, a, a change in mindset, a change in uh, strategy, a change in, you know, how else can we do what we're doing? Um, and there is growth. There is, you know, there is growth happening, even in in in, uh, in the face of, of everything we had to endure in the last three years, uh, which which speaks true to, to you know, what's possible as, as you know, uh, for businesses out there. The importance in, in this is, is just to understand that it can only be achieved through structure and ruthless consistency. You, you cannot get into that growth space if you're not adopting, adapting to adopt any of the points that we've discussed today, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. 
Guys, if you want to catch the Lunchtime Marketing Series, um, well, the Marketing and Leadership segment, at least, that's going to happen on Ebers Radio at 12 o'clock every Thursday. And uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for very insightful information. If you want to check the links out, guys, go to the YouTube video and um, you'll see it on YouTube under the Lunchtime Series. And uh, we post all the information there and it's always there every week. Uh, Craig, thanks for catching up with us and I'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Have a great week ahead. Cheers. You too. Cheers, bye.